Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And we are here today, no guest, covering Pretty Woman, kicking off Chelchella 2023. It is... My birthday month. Congratulations. The most wonderful time of the year. Second. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. No, no, no. Not this month, Well, sir. only because I'm older. So, seniority rules. No, you've had more <laughs> birthdays than me, so I need to catch up. But I'm closer to death. Well, time is a construct, and tragedy could strike at any time, so who's really to say? You're right. If you died this month, it would be cool because... <laughs> If you died on your birthday, it would be poetic, like Shakespeare. Okay, love that. We're off to a great start. Happy Chalchala. Thank you. Thank you. So I would like to start my birthday celebration with just a general virtual saging ceremony. Donnie, last week you shared possibly one of the most (laughs) horrifying things my ears have ever heard, but I do believe the universe protects me and I feel empowered, uplifted, and supported by our cuties this past week as they rallied behind me and validated my feelings of just confusion, fear, general trauma. <laughs> I know you've gotten a lot of pushback from Plungergate. Before we finally put this horrid story behind us and just never talk about it again, is there anything you would like to clear up? Yes. Well, first of all, all the pushback came to you, and then you decided to screenshot, screenshot, to screenshot, screenshot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I would just like to put it out there that people who follow me understand, and they had no questions. But I guess everyone that follows you suddenly doesn't know how a (laughs) phallic-shaped object works. So a lot of people were telling you, like, why doesn't Donnie just suck on an eggplant or a cucumber? Because I was doing it in my family's bathroom, and I was barely out of the closet. Like, the whole thing was a secret. If I wanted to suck on a plunger in front of my parents, I would have. So, (laughs) So the fact that I was doing it behind closed doors means it was a secret. And what would it look like if I carried a cucumber into the bathroom? The plunger was already there. I was in there to take a shower or a shit. Who knows? Maybe both. Mm -hmm. There's that. And then all of your gross followers, I want to ask them, if I did bring a cucumber into the bathroom and suck on it, what then would I do with it? Chuck it out the window. It's biodegradable. (laughs) Let a deer feast on your aftermath. I'm going to continue to say none of this holds up. We're bringing a yearbook into the bathroom. So why can't we smuggle in an eggplant, a cucumber, a zucchini? There are other options in the bathroom besides the literal cleaning tool used to suction shit from a toilet. The bottom part suctions the shit. You don't think there's splashing? Well, there's splashes anywhere. If I were to open my mouth and suck on anything that's in that bathroom, you shouldn't. That's why you have to wash your hands. <laughs> oh, God. 
Okay, well, I'm glad you've said your piece. Perhaps people uh, will feel differently now, but cuties, my DMs are closed about the topic. I did feel so supported and validated by all of you, but I just truly am going to men in black myself. This didn't exist. This isn't a thing that happened. It's not in my reality. It is not canon. And my DMs are open about it because literally nobody messaged me about it, and that's just not fair. So, Pretty Woman. (laughs) Yeah, what about it? It's the movie that we're covering. (laughs) I would like to say this movie came out in 1990. Times have changed. We at I Am The Cute One believe that sex work is valid work and understand that terms like prostitutes, hookers, madame, streetwalker, skank, whore, and floozy are no longer in vogue or politically correct. However, (laughs) you should at this point be aware that this is a comedy podcast, not NPR. That is all true, but I'm glad you made a disclaimer because I also brought a disclaimer of my own and I was going to say, I know I'm supposed to call her a sex worker, but this was made in 1990, so I will be calling her a prostitute for the next hour and not think twice about it. (laughs) Neat. Love that. Great. Now, I will question two other things. You said they're not appropriate or in vogue. I do think they're very much in vogue. Those words will never go out of style. Feel free, when you DM me about sucking a plunger, call me any of those words. But they're not appropriate. I do understand. (laughs) But why can't we say madam? It's kind of like boss babe adjacent. Mm. Like, we don't need to distinguish. Uh, I guess I think that we should just take back the term pimp. See, I always like women more. So I do like to distinguish Mm. so that I know which one I like more. So madam or pimp, one sounds better. And that is Madam. Okay, so maybe we should just call pimps madams too. But boy madams. I also was pronouncing it madame, which I think is just Karen Huger's impact of la dame. Or maybe you've only got your prostitutes in France. Jesus. This movie premiered March 23rd, 1990. Now I'm going to cut you off right there. What a better way to ring in your birthday month than with a movie that came out my birthday weekend. I knew that that was going to be... I almost wanted to change the date, but I know you do your own research because you're so worried I'm going to be talking about like the amount of pennies you could collect between then and now. So. Okay, that's all. But you're closer to death, so live, laugh, love. <laughs> that's true. It was a Friday. Black Velvet was at the top of the music charts. The U.S. president was George H.W. Bush. The U.K. prime minister was Margaret Thatcher. I had no idea. And Pope John II was leading the Catholic Church. Wow. Also, the Zodiac Killer was looming over New York City. Wow. Just a lot happening. I'm glad you picked mm-hmm. the Zodiac Killer. I'm glad he came into it because it was very <laughs> political before that. Like the Pope, Margaret Thatcher. Mm-hmm. My eyes kind of glassed over. <laughs> I grew up watching this movie. I feel like I saw it at a very, very young age, like too young, perhaps. You weren't alone. Not me, though. I saw it for the first time during quarantine. No, really? For a long time, Julia Roberts was my female Tom Hanks, and for no reason. Mm. But I do love her in Stepmom, and I do love her in Closer when she says, He tastes like you, but sweeter. We'll cover that during Donnie Appreciation. I've never seen that (gasps) one. You would love it. It's dark, and it's just about couples who hate each other. But but for the most part, I stayed away from her. But then I watched Homecoming on Amazon Prime, that show she was in about when people came home from the army or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I loved her in that. So then I went back and rewatched a lot of Julia Roberts movies. And now I love her. Okay, well, I'm glad you said that because everyone growing up always said my mom looked like Julia Roberts, oh. which I never really saw it, mostly because my mom and I look very, very similar. And as everyone knows, I am the spitting 
image of Nev Campbell. So like, you know, (laughs) just didn't really add up for me. (laughs) But every time I watch this movie, I fully understand the connection. Like my mom is Vivian. Mm. And not in, you know, employment <laughs> status. Oh, okay. Their mannerisms, mm. like her sitting on the table in her robe eating breakfast, her at the polo match when she's like, well done. <laughs> but yeah, I love this movie. And the Blue Banana Club seemed like the place to be when I was 10. I would agree. I'm 20. No, I'm not 20. Anything. <laughs> You're ah. being triggered by my 26th birthday this year. Oh, is that how old you are? Mm-hmm. Well, then if that's the math, maybe I am 27. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So do you have any background info or trivia for us today? I do. So it was directed by Gary Marshall, who is best known for playing the devil in Hocus Pocus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, to me anyway. But he also directed Beaches, The Other Sister, which did not age well at all. But even if we have to put it behind a Patreon, I will be covering that sometime in my life. The Princess Bride, Georgia Rule, and then all of those day movies like uh-huh. Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, etc. It was written by J.F. Lawton, who also wrote Under Siege, and he's the creator of VIP, which is the TV show about a hot dog vendor played by Pamela Anderson, who becomes a celebrity security guard. <laughs> what a turn of events. <laughs> Did you ever watch it? No, did you? No, but I want to now. I know, it's four seasons long. Oh my God. I know, I want to watch. The budget is pretty good. It cost $14 million to make, and it made $463 million. Now, Gary Marshall really wanted to hire the guy that works at the hotel that's later on mm-hmm. in Princess Diaries and stuff. He, like, only saw him for the role. He knew that's who it had to be. The studio said, our budget is $14 million. We don't have enough to pay him. I don't know what he was famous for, like, at that time, but the studio said, we can't pay him. So Gary Marshall said, I'll pay him out of my own pocket, and if the movie does well, then you can pay me back. So they paid him back. Wow. I know. He had a vision. <laughs> Get ready for this. This oh, no. is... My favorite thing I've ever said on this podcast. Julia Roberts was nominated for an Oscar for this, but she lost. But she did win a Golden Globe for the role and also a Kids' Choice Award. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> but yeah, the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award. For like best actress? Yeah. She was against Kirstie Alley, who was in Look Who's Talking too, And then she was <laughs> against Whoopi Goldberg, who was in Ghost. So like none of them particularly children's <laughs> movies, but at least the other two are a little better. And I do think this speaks to Jen X. Mm. Like, those were their children's movies. And I know we do have some Gen Xers that listen and just, like, put up with our bullshit as millennials. (laughs) And I have to say, I respect the Gen Xers so much because... Again, like Pretty Woman was like a formative childhood movie for them. This was presented as just a lovely love story. Which is insane to me. And since you just said (laughs) that, it was originally supposed to be darker, but then this movie was produced by Disney. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) (laughs) So when Disney bought it, they were like, "Uh, no, you're going to have to change a few things. 
still keep like 98% of the premise, but in the original, the end oh, scene was him throwing her out into the alley with the $3,000. Like after they fight, he's just gets rid of her and they don't get back together. She takes that money and takes her prostitute friend to Disneyland. That was before Disney bought it? <laughs> yeah, that was the original script, which was titled 3000 And honestly, we're just so lucky that it didn't come out in 2023 because there would be a ride, like a pretty woman ride at Disney in no time. You're right. You could meet her at the park. (laughs) She'll kiss everywhere but the mouth. (laughs) Which I have things to say about that. But anyway, a lot of people were considered for these roles. Sheena Easton, Melissa Gilbert, Courtney Cox, and Shelley Long were all considered for the role of the friend. I thought you were going to say for Vivian. I was like, huh. <laughs> no, okay. no, but still a little crazy. Molly Ringwald, Kira Sedgwick, Natasha Richardson, and Helen Hunt were all considered for Vivian. I think we made the right choice. I would certainly say so. And then Richard Gere did so well in auditions. He and Julia Roberts went to their like, do you work well together meeting? Mm-hmm. And then his agent called him on the phone when he was still in the studio And they were like, are you going to take it? And he was about to say no. But she wrote, please say yes on a post-it and slid it to him. So then he took it. That's really sweet. I I like that. Me too. I think Richard Gere is very hot. I go back and forth. But in this, I agree. He's a piece of shit. And I'm about to go off for the next 40 minutes. Oh, in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. But I still, ooh, I would let him fuck me on that piano. Yeah, I just love when it makes noise. (laughs) Really quick. Roger Ebert. You'll be shocked. Gave it three and a half stars out of four. And Mm. he called it the sweetest and most open-hearted love fable since The Princess Bride. He keeps me on my toes. (laughs) The Princess Bride, pretty woman. Honestly, kind of the same plot. For the taglines, I only have two. So our options will just be to fuck and marry it or to kill it. The first one is, who knew it was so much fun to be a hooker? That is the one I'm marrying and fucking. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine? Again, Gen X, tell me more about your childhood. You're going to the mall, you're going to the movies, and that's on a movie poster? (laughs) Incredible. The second tagline is, she walked off the street into his life and stole his heart. I mean, cute, but not the same as the first no, one. not at all. <laughs> so which character of this movie do you identify as? So nobody, but I think that's because this movie really only has two people that you could possibly identify as mm-hmm. because Vivian and Edward are like real people or real people adjacent but then everybody else is just like a mood kind of like a bitchy sales girl an evil businessman a helpful hotel worker Mm -hmm. so it's hard to like say I'm that because even though I think I could be that man at the hotel I'm also not that nice so he wasn't layered enough for me to relate to (laughs) so I will say Vivian because I am the type of person that would she got everything she wanted she got the outfit she wanted and then some but she still felt the need to go back into that store and be petty and say like mm-hmm. you fucked up and that would be me and then also I like watching TV as I give head <laughs> okay she did it's in the movie it's a children's movie Chelsea who knew it was so fun to be a hooker <laughs> you can watch I Love Lucy eat peanuts 
and suck dick all at the same time. (laughs) A multitasking queen. We love to see it. I think I am also Vivian. I am feminist at heart and really fancy myself as a strong, independent woman. But the moment a spider comes into the picture, I am asking to be rescued. And I feel like that just is the vibe she was giving off. Yeah, that's So now is the point where typically we would have a guest give a one-minute synopsis. But let the words on the back of the Pretty Woman VHS wash over you and transport you back to 1990. When a millionaire wheeler-dealer Edward Lewis enters a business contract with Hollywood hooker Vivian Ward, he loses his heart in the bargain in this charming romantic comedy. Can the poor prostitute and the rich capitalist live happily ever after? Time will tell. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would watch that movie, though, if I saw that on the back of it. I mean, I guess I wouldn't because I you didn't. didn't. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. I do have a question, though. Do you consider this a romantic comedy? I do. I don't think it's funny. <laughs> like, what's funny? Oh, I guess I always forget that rom-coms are supposed to be funny. <laughs> to me, rom-com just means it's like a Harlequin novel. Because like The Notebook What's funny about the notebook? The fact he that's says that's not a rom com. Mm, pancakes. No, that's not, the notebook's not a rom com. What is it? A romantic drama. A rom drama. Yeah. Is that a thing? Well, they just call it romance. They don't call it drama. But yeah, if I go on to the notebook on IMDb right now, it says drama romance. But if I go to mm. Pretty Woman on IMDb, it says romantic comedy. Yeah, I don't think it's funny. No. Okay, good. Rom-com is just a catch-all, I think. (laughs) Well, Like this podcast, do we really want to be getting into semantics of comedy and what qualifies? You know, I think this is a slippery slope. (laughs) Some would say this is a dark, dark romance of some sort. Well, that's true. But just let it be known, I did not laugh at this movie. A single time? Uh, No, I might have smiled. All right, well, this movie opens with a glimpse of late capitalism and the glaring wealth disparity gap in the United States. Mm. Classic rom-com. Yeah, pancakes. Vivian lives in a world where meth heads are being pulled out of dumpsters, rent is always late, and martini olives from the Blue Banana Club are dinner. Meanwhile, Edward is the guest of honor at a swanky Hollywood Hills party, complete with valet service, close-up magic, and George Costanza. Uh. And I hate Seinfeld. (laughs) Okay, great. I don't want to waste another moment. So, Donnie, we've established you've rotted my brain with X-Men quotes and Mr. Shoe's performance of the thong song. But I want to see if I've managed to impart any wisdom into that beautiful bald head of yours. I want you right now on the spot, no preparation. Tell me three reasons why you and everyone who watches this movie should hate Edward Lewis. Go. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, well, he's a white man. (laughs) That's number one. Mm -hmm. He has money. Eat the rich. Mm -hmm. Uh, I should have made white and man separate. Then I would be done already. (laughs) Number three. He couldn't tell that she was wearing a wig until it was off. So full-blown idiot on our hands. Okay. There are some (laughs) other clues that you missed out on, but I'll take it. Okay. Would you like to tell me them? Honestly, like American Psycho Who. Mm -hmm. This man could be a serial killer. Well, that's why I think I didn't miss anything. I said white man and rich. I think anything can fall under one of those Mm -hmm. umbrellas. You got that trifecta. You got to (laughs) prove to me otherwise, Mm because I'm thinking you're a serial killer. 
Until yeah. I see your closet and it doesn't have ropes or knives, <laughs> I'm not going to take that Uber with you. And that's why I'm not one yet, because I'm only two of those three. The moment you get rich, I am going to log off forever. <laughs> Quinn always says that I would be a terrifying serial killer. <laughs> I would just have people tied to a chair as like I slit them and say like, are you sure you don't want to watch the Brady Bunch movie? And then I would just start giggling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's basically our podcast. What I do to you, except with no knife. It's a yeah. knife to my heart, my spirit, my soul every <laughs> single week. So not only is he a capitalist pig, like you said, but he's an emotionless egomaniac who doesn't even flinch when his living girlfriend tells him that she's moving out. And then he's also too busy and important to wait for the valet to get his limo. So he does right. what any normal person would do. He forces his lawyer to give him his car, despite the fact that Edward doesn't know how to drive stick shift. What the fuck? A A mess. mess. (laughs) But Edward is a man of the people. And when the car he can't drive breaks down, he stops to talk to Vivian, who is wearing the iconic look, Mm. the official Halloween costume of sorority girls everywhere. And... It's a match made in heaven. I think when we do new cover art, we should do this cover, but you're Richard Gere and I'm in this outfit. Donnie, I had the exact (laughs) same thought. I think when we do a live show, that should be our promo. Like back to back. Yeah, I'm going to come out in the red dress and then do a reveal and have that underneath. Suddenly (laughs) I'm on Drag Race, not a live show. Now, it's safe to say that these two are quite the odd couple. Edward's a planner. Vivian's more of a fly-by-the-seat-of-her-pants type of gal. But as it turns out, they have more in common than they'd realize. Neither joke about money, and they both speak the same language. Capitalism. And soon, (laughs) Vivian negotiates her way from $5 map quest directions all the way to a night in the penthouse. Mm. I want to say she's a good businesswoman, and I'm not known for my math skills, but I think she might be a worse negotiator than the women in the Blue Crush movie. (laughs) We know her first fee is $100 an hour. So $300 for one night with a man who just told you that his first car was a limo seems... Low. I agree. $300 in 1990 is equivalent to $700 today. And I never hired a prostitute, but I'd estimate to pay like 500 for just sex. Yeah. Right? That sounds right. So if she didn't spend the night, she could, in theory, go out and have sex with two more people and make 1500 Right. But instead, she's going there for the full night and just getting right. 300 then. She needs to think about it a little mm-hmm. more. She needs a assistant. <laughs> What's Kit doing? Kit could have been doing the book. Mm-hmm. She's just hugging a fucking Winnie the Pooh doll every time I look <laughs> yeah. at her. Vivian is soon blown away by the lavish lifestyle Edward leads and learns all about elevators, dress codes, and tipping. And when Edward rebuffs her condom commercial and asks to talk instead, he tells her all about his just charming history with women and about how he got so rich, which... Let's call a spade a spade. Clearly he got so rich because he was born rich, but now he's extra rich because he's a busy businessman. (laughs) And maybe it's because I do fully believe that all billionaires are just evil Voldemort Mm -hmm. adjacent people. Or maybe I'm just jaded by Bravo, but Edward explaining Mm -hmm. how he buys and sells companies. Didn't that sound exactly how Jen Shaw explained her business (laughs) right before she got arrested? Yeah, if you can't give us more details than that, then you're 
hiding mm-hmm. something. Vivian does clock him immediately, though, and is like, oh, so it's like stealing cars and selling them for the parts, which I liked how he was like, mm-hmm. it's legal. And I'm like, only because you're rich and you made it legal, motherfucker. Yeah, when you're rich, anyone can jag race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Patreon.com slash I am the cute one for that convoluted mess. (laughs) Also, quick plug for the Patreon. We have been recording for almost an hour. So I know on the main feed, it is like maybe 20 minutes in tops, but you're really missing out over on the Patreon. So after a casual oopsie doopsie where Edward confuses dental floss with drugs, he is soon given an education of his own because I love Lucy and a carpet picnic of strawberry and champagne turns into another type of carpet picnic, if you know what I mean, because Vivian does everything, but she does not kiss on the mouth. I don't like that because (laughs) I like physical intimacy. If I were to hire a prostitute in 1990, sex worker in 2023, Mm I would want to like mostly kiss. Like if Mm. we are going to be together for an hour, 45 minutes of that, I just want to roll around on that bed and dry hump and kiss. And then in the last 15 minutes, that's when we can penetrate. Oh. yeah. So this rule I feel like should be given as soon as she got in the car. Yeah. Because if I paid her and then she said that, I was like, baby, that's all I want. Would you have any (laughs) ground rules? Like if you were a hooker in 1990, sex worker in 2023, (laughs) would you have any like non-negotiables or would it be like buffets open? Um, My unpaid rule is just no shit. Anything, (laughs) anything else we can do. Extra people, a public place. But no number twos. So if I'm paid, same thing. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, but if I'm paid. <laughs> well, I. Uh, What's your price I, point? It's hard to say because right now it's not even anything. So like I want to say like, oh, a million dollars is my price mm-hmm. point. But if you pay me 25000 I thought you were about to say $25, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 25000 Like maybe I would. I just... um. I'm going to be honest. I've never thought of poop as part of an option. So is it eating poop? No, no. Eating poop, (laughs) I wouldn't do for any kind of amount. Okay, okay, okay. Pooping on me or requesting I poop on them, which (laughs) (laughs) you don't know what you signed up for, baby girl. Uh That is something people are into, not I, said the little redhead. (laughs) Some people like it. Yeah. This is not sexual, obviously, because it has to do with my daughter. But (laughs) one time when my daughter was first getting potty trained, she came out of her bedroom and just handed me a turd and said, here you go, mommy. And I took it. And then I said, thank you. And I think that just sums up motherhood. (laughs) I don't want to leave the condom commercial too far without saying this. And this is TMI. Maybe it'll make it to the main feed. Maybe it'll be a Patreon exclusive. We just talked about getting shit on, so. Well, yeah, but this, Uh I don't know if it's true. When I was making the outline, I truly tried to think about it. I don't know if I've ever used a condom. (laughs) And that can't be true because I'm afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm a rule follower. But to get deep for a second, this is a just a drama podcast not a comedy anymore <laughs> you also know i crave the attention of a man <laughs> and i'm very insecure because i really have no memory of using them so i feel like in my head i knew i should be using them but then if the men just came to me and said like no i'm not into it i would want to be with them more mm. than i wanted to follow the rules wow <laughs> so you mean like Ever. i was thinking at first you meant like you never were wearing Put one, one on the plunger <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a condom could have solved a lot of problems. You could have put it on the plunger. You also could have put it on yourself and not had to deep clean the toilet every time. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So I thought you were Listen. talking about you putting it on, but you mean like The ever. penetrator, yeah. Donnie, I understand that I no know. AIDS dinner party at Applebee's now. <laughs> I know. I know. Until Dr. Bald got a vasectomy, I still was like, I don't give a fuck if I'm married. Our next child's going to be named abortion, so you better put on a condom. <laughs> oh, now that, I do think if I was able to get pregnant, I would have, because I think I would have been more fearful of a pregnancy than like, <laughs> oh, just all AIDS. That's the only thing I should be worried about. <laughs> Let's gamble. You don't have to, well, you do have to take care of AIDS. <laughs> it's just, AIDS right. never hands you a turd. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're right. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. When Edward learns he will be whining and dining a prospective client, he hires Vivian for the whole week. Six full nights, days two, $3,000. And this whole situation to me is just an example of what happens when you have too much money. Like this man is mm-hmm. clearly so fucking bored. This is a wild decision. Like I love Viv. I think she's got real chutzpah. 
This is a woman who literally got excited about a couch in an elevator. At what point right. in the past 16 hours has Vivian shown she's like capable of navigating business dinners? Right. She was right. She said like, she doesn't say normal girl, but she says like, why can't you find a woman who is not a sex worker? But then she settles when she hears the price amount and she giggles and goes under the water and stuff. But like, this is American Psycho. He does want to murder you. This is a power play. This is dynamics at hand. Like, this is the time to run. And she said it and then did yeah. it. <laughs> and to not be paid up front. I was with Kit on that one. Like, okay, give me the yeah. money or at least half. Like, let's mm -hmm. make a deal here to quote. Howie Mandel or whatever. <laughs> After an initial run-in with mean, snooty retail workers, the hotel manager, Barney, intervenes and helps Vivian out. And he definitely put this transformation from tramp to lady on his resume when he later applied to work for the Genovian royal family. Because not only <laughs> does he teach her how to use a salad fork, but he also introduces her to Bridge, a sales associate who knows that Edward isn't really Vivian's uncle and helps her find a dress, a cocktail one. Very, Very sweet. sweet. And I will say, this is where I guess not the rom-com, but the rom comes in. This uh -huh. reveal with her at the bar yeah. melts my cold, dead, man-hating feminist heart when it's like, you're late, you're stunning, you're forgiven. I just, oh, it is truly like one of the best rom-roms <laughs> of all time. I had deja vu of you saying rom-rom, so I am going to go back and listen to all of our old episodes. I think I have taught you this lesson before <laughs> and you just chose to ignore it. I told you, I <laughs> men in black myself every three months, oh, so I apologize yeah. okay. to our loyal listeners because you know they've listened to the same conversation like six times at this point. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I think this outfit looks a little gone with the windy, mm. But see-through clothes are my summer 2023 aesthetic. Ooh. I bought five new things last week, and they're all see-through tops. So I do like that it is black see-through lace that she's wearing. However, the style of it was very much of its time. So to have seen it for the first time in 2021 uh, or whenever I saw it, we could have done a little bit. I can't wait for us to hang out this summer because I just bought bedazzled cowboy boots. Oh. Where am I going to wear them? Not sure, but disco cowboy is the theme of my summer. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> You'll have to tell me where you got it. My sister was invited to a bachelorette party and the theme is denim cowboy. Ooh. And she's like, I don't know what to wear, but those cowboy boots sound like she'll need to wear. Nastygal.com. Sponsor us. Use code cute one. No, Nastygal, literally, if you're listening, please DM me because that's where I get all my oh. stuff. Mm -hmm. We have covered a lot of movies where someone is out of their element and has to act fancy. And I have to say, I do do think that Vivian did the best job at trying and at not caring I feel like she was still very much herself mm -hmm. while trying to be nice to people but I think where they fall into problems in all those other movies is like they give up themselves mm -hmm. to eat with a fork <laughs> right. for the first time or whatever. Right. Yeah. That was the thing. Yes. She stayed herself. She wasn't going to lose her identity. But at the business dinner with Mr. Morse and his grandson, she like tries to figure out which one the salad fork is. She's saying please and thank you. She doesn't act like a cave person who's like never talked to humans before. Like I felt like that's how I would be in that situation because that's like an intimate business dinner. I would be so bad at that. Yeah. 
I think all the other movies that try to do this are Beauty and the Beast, and this is The Little Mermaid. Like, she's mm. still charming, and people can relate to her somehow, even though she's putting a fucking fork in her hair. <laughs> but there's still something where you're like, oh, yeah. I like you. I also just think, like, despite all that, like, she's trying her best. And again, I think that Edward is just bored <laughs> and wants some excitement in his life by terrorizing a poor person. Because why the fuck would this man order escargot? This woman just literally learned how to sip champagne instead of taking it like a shot. Like, he is setting her up. He is. Escargot is my favorite cruise ship uh-huh. thing to order, but I've never had to, like, crack it before. So you're going out of your way to make it difficult. Like, giving multi-steps. This is a woman who's stressed yes. about which fork to use, and you're going to introduce prongs. Right. Also, another Gary Marshall tidbit, the waiter that catches the escargot and says, like, it happens all the time, or whatever Slipper little sucker. Yeah, he has the same exact line in Princess Diary. Oh, yeah. I know. Wow. I know. <laughs> now, Vivian <laughs> isn't the only one that Edward's setting up, because in a shock to no one, he's a dick. He's an asshole. He's terrible. Mm. And this business dinner was basically to let him tell Mr. Morris and his grandson that he's going to be forcing them out of their business and, like, fuck off. He is terrible. I don't know why some of these things didn't make my list, but... They did. White, rich, (laughs) man. Vivian, though, you got to give her credit. She doesn't seem phased that her new sugar daddy is a real-life Scrooge McDuck. In fact, they bond over screwing people for money. They fuck on a piano, take baths, and talk about mean daddies and childhood trauma. Squish horse shit or something with heels and then go on a shopping spree where they spend an obscene amount of money and make those snotty shopkeepers rue the day they ever turned her away. Big mistake. Huge. It is just dirt, I think. But (laughs) when you said horseshit, it does make me think there was no reason these people should have been doing this. I feel like the richer people are, the grosser things they like to try. Well, it's like common man's work becomes like an activity. It's like, oh my gosh, wait, it's going to be so crazy. We're going to have a party and you're going to like check people out at a grocery store. Like how silly and (laughs) wild and whimsical. Could you imagine? You know that I love... A murder mystery. And I've done so many of them in my lifetime that we're getting to the point where, like, it's hard for me to find themes because I've done them already. Even if I haven't done that one exactly, like, I already did a 1920s one, I already did a 1950s one, whatever. So there is one that keeps circling back into my, like, aura for me to buy, and it's Trailer Park. I would never, ever do a Trailer Park murder mystery because it's too close. Uh. If that is just two missed paychecks away from being my life, it's not a theme I want to partake in. Okay, so George Costanza starts to get paranoid and he starts worrying that Vivian is working with Morris to like sabotage the deal. And Edward assures him like, no, she's not a spy, she's just a hooker. And because men are pigs, he immediately creeps on her, which leads to Vivian and Edward's first big fight. And I don't know if this is where in the original movie like it ended here, if he just threw her out with the $3,000 and she went to Disneyland here, or if it continued on. And I want to know like how much of the script was them in Disney? Was it just like a last scene of them like, you know, riding the Matterhorn or was it like a whole day in Disney? Because that's a trauma in itself. (laughs) No, No, it's not. Mm -hmm. No, it was just like a very like three minute and segment but enough of it like where it was still filmed in Disneyland and Kit says like I really want mouse ears but I feel embarrassed and then (laughs) Vivian's like we got the money for it and that's how it ended (laughs) 
that is very dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's too realistic. <laughs> so the wild thing about rom-coms or rom-roms is that they make you think that red flags are adorable. Like mm. this is a man who during this fight just called Vivian <laughs> his employee and then immediately says like, oh, I don't like when you speak to other men. In real life, if that happened, I would be filing a restraining order. But when Richard Gere says it, it's like charming and like, oh, he cares. Yeah. Take the money and run, Vivian. Please. Mm-hmm. You have it now. And you're only halfway through your work obligation. Right. This is not the end of the week. And you have the full check. Yeah. I would be like, bye. Yeah. Now, I asked our cuties for their most specific red flags. And can I just oh, say, I am obsessed with this community of weirdos that we have found because <laughs> I got hundreds of responses. <laughs> and I I literally just picked them at random because they all made me laugh. No matter what I saw, I was cackling. Oh, that's good. I was worried it was going to be dark. No. I asked for specific and they gave specific. Without further ado, here are some of your red flags about men. Gelled hair. Wearing Oakley sunglasses. When their cars are too clean. Unprovoked smiling. (laughs) Dating profiles that say my kids come first. No shit, Sherlock. I'd hope so. (laughs) Wearing visors. Visors are stupid. Not liking cheese. Grow up. I hate that they have toes. Wait, pause it. Because this is a thing now, and I don't know where it came from. Toes? (laughs) No, like hating men's feet. I hate all feet. I'm equal opportunity. I hate all feet. Well, that's fine. But there are specific, like, anti-manhoof accounts (laughs) out there that's... (laughs) Donnie's saying hashtag not all men. Whenever I see people post it in their stories, I go into the DMs immediately and say, I cannot wait to tag you in footage of my sandals this summer. Like, how dare you? (laughs) Number one, you may recall earlier in this episode, my no shit rule is the only one, which then means... uh, I like feet, (laughs) but I also like to show my feet. In some outfits, they look better. So I will not be hiding my manhoofs. And if you have cute manhoof, put it in my mouth. (laughs) Okay. Ta-da. Also, something I learned, and I know you're not even done this submission thing. Something I learned now that I'm telling you about my foot fetish. (laughs) I learned it this week on Instagram. Your fetishes, not yours, anyone's fetishes are genetic. Whatever your fetish is, your mom or dad also have that as well. So, mom, dad, if you're listening, which one of you like a big toe in your mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) On my birthday month, on Chelchella, this is how you're going to celebrate. You're going to make me think about my parents in bed the next time I want to do something weird. Yeah, but isn't it good to know that your mom and dad don't have foot fetishes? Because you That is liberating. Yeah. So think of it like that. I got to massage the vomit down my throat from that whole segment. Okay. Oh, my God. This is truly, we're going off the handles. This is what happens with no guests. The other day, I ate so much, no alcohol included. I just binge ate mm-hmm. all day, I guess. I ate so much, I woke up in the middle of the night vomiting. Wait, like you woke up and you were already mid-vomiting? Yeah, uh-huh. There was not like a nausea. It was truly just because I was so full. Wait, what night was this, Donnie? Because I woke up two nights ago with the most intense nausea and there was no reason for it. I think I might have had like a weird twin tuition. It was like E.T. and Elliot. I got drunk in class. It was about two days (gasps) ago. Yeah. 
So you got nauseous and I threw up. (laughs) Well, if I wake up with a toe in my mouth, this partnership is over. Um, Okay, so here are some final red flags about men. When you kiss them and the first thing they do is shove their tongue in your mouth like a fucking speeding bullet. Mm. The way they get so sweaty when they sleep. Like, what the fuck is wrong with their pituitary gland? (laughs) And finally, I would never date anyone named Justin. No reason. I just don't trust him. Well, think of the famous ones. There's not really a reason to. So anywho, despite him just being a raging lunatic and kind of scary and also just awful, he buys her tickets to the opera, Mm. says a bunch of gobbledygook about souls, and all is forgiven. And soon these crazy kids are kissing right on the mouth. Isn't that sweet? Let's talk about the opera really quick. Box seats are not the best, and I don't know why rich people get them all the time in movies and TV shows. It's so they don't have to, like, touch poor people. I get it, but they're always so far off to the side, you miss half the stage. So Mm. you're paying to not, like, hobnob with poor people, but then you're not even getting what you pay for. That's number one. I don't care where in the theater you are sat, the front row, the back row, you could be in the dumpster in the alley. If you take out a goddamn pair of binoculars, I want you dead. I hate them. I hate them so much. The only thing I hate more than this is a metal detector on the beat. So when we see a Broadway show, are we going to be in the opera seats? We won't be in the opera seats. Absolutely not. And we won't be... Anywhere far enough where you think you'll need to take out binoculars. I'm pretty blind. You'll get choked. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, this movie did teach me things. It was pretty educational because maybe we should, as the kids say, touch grass. (laughs) Vivian gets Edward to take off his shoes in a park one single time, and he is a changed man. He realizes he doesn't want to destroy things. He wants to build things. And he goes rogue, blows off a billion-dollar deal, and partners with Mr. Morse. They're going to build ships together. (laughs) And George Costanza is pissed. He comes over to the hotel. He comes on to Vivian, and he gets punched in the face by Edward. And this, I mean, great acting, but scary. scary. Yeah. What I didn't like, though, was when Richard Gere tried to break up the fight, he put one leg on that little sofa and just stood there for a little bit. I don't know if the camera was in the wrong place or what, (laughs) but he was not jumping in fast enough. And then he still finds a way to play the victim. Like, he's still like, oh, my hand. It's like, shut up. You got in your first fight. Congrats. He really was awful. But life isn't a fairy tale, and in a twist no one could ever see coming, Edward is a jealous, narcissistic weirdo with trust issues. And instead of dating, he suggests that he wants to put Vivian up in a condo, pay all of her bills, and boink her whenever he's in town. I wouldn't say no to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's just geography and in a weird convoluted metaphor vivian does want to be rescued but just in a very specific kind of way she wants to be cinder fucking rella and with the encouragement of their very own fairy godmother barney edward shows up to vivian's house in his own white horse a limo blaring opera music climbs up the fire skate despite being terrified of heights, and smooches her right on the kisser. He rescues her, and she rescues him right back. Beautiful. Disneyland would have been a nice ending, too, but (laughs) this is fine. I do love this movie. I like it. I have nostalgic ties to it. So I think had I watched it for the first time in quarantine, I think I would like it. But I love this movie. I think in today's movie-making pace, the 
pacing felt off. Like I had to pause it four times mm-hmm. and like take a walk or make food or whatever. And I also did that during Almost Famous and the other movies I hated, but I didn't hate this. But I still needed breaks from it in the way I did with those movies. But this, whenever I came back, I was like, okay, I'm ready for another half hour of it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would you cast in a reboot or what would the plot of a sequel be? I don't know if, because I did take so many breaks, if I just missed something, but she... Vivian didn't have any like did she have goals like it no she didn't want to be an art student or anything right she was fine with her life she wanted to do more that was always her thing like I want to get out of this life I want to do more but she didn't have a specific goal so in mine after about 10 years she's sick of being a trophy wife so she leaves him in the early 2000s and becomes a madame, and has a successful business made up of many hookers of her own. But then, in 2023, where we are today, Edward hires one of her girls, and they're brought into each other's life again. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Yikes. Imagine her with Erin Brockovich energy as a madame. I've never seen that movie. (gasps) I know. We'll add it to the list. Okay. I said I want to see where this relationship is present day because I don't think it has legs. So (laughs) final, final thoughts. What aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? I think all the obvious stuff anyone with eyes or even maybe without it can can figure out. Um, For me, the biggest thing that aged like Blackbuster was, like I said, the pacing. It definitely didn't feel like a romantic comedy, but I think that's because nothing funny was in it. But it didn't feel like just a movie that would be made today. It felt boring, but I wasn't necessarily bored. Okay. I think what aged well, very pro-condoms, Safe sex. It Uh was ahead of its time. It really did humanize sex work. Like, I wanted to be a hooker. Who knew (laughs) being a hooker could be so fun, to quote the poster? (laughs) I do think Vivian was low-key, high-key, a feminist icon. I love her being like, we say who, we say when, we say how much. Like, no pimp or madame needed. Right. I think what ages poorly, honestly, thank God there were no people of color in this movie just because... Based on the blatant microaggressions towards Vivian for just being like poor, a woman and a sex worker, I can only imagine what offensive thing that motherfucker would say or do to anybody that wasn't white. But I guess I should have started with that, ended with the fun stuff. But (laughs) I think that this movie is iconic for a reason. What a wild film to be made in 1990. And I love Julia Roberts. I really do. My mom. (laughs) Oh, all right. Okay. Happy birthday. Thanks. So next week, the chaos continues. We will have a guest, so thank God. But we will be covering Deep Impact. Wow. Mm -hmm. Disaster movie. (laughs) I'm excited. We've already lived through one today. We'll talk to you later. Love Love you like like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. 
Talk to you later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.